the holidays can be fairly bloody. I think they were referring to the relationships and other things that can easily go sideways under the pressure that can come with this season. Today, we're going to be talking about ways to simplify the holidays. Welcome, moms. I'm Dorinda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to six, and host of many, many Christmas celebrations. I'm the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler and the host of this podcast. I'm here to encourage moms to take a more simple, unhurried approach to parenting and homeschooling, and today, um, the, the holidays. Before I introduce my guest and dive into today's podcast, I want to let you know that for the month of December, I'm doubling up and doing two podcasts a week. So while you're wrapping gifts and folding laundry and running kids to activities, you can listen in and be encouraged. So some of the topics are going to be uh, five most important things we taught our kids, cultivating your family's holiday culture, why you are the best teacher for your child, reaching the heart of your child. That's going to be my 100th episode celebration with three giveaways. On December 19th, I'll be talking about an unhurried Christmas and December 23rd, you can gather your kids around the podcast and listen as I read out loud our family's favorite Christmas story. And on December 30th, I'm going to be talking about ditching the comparison trap for good. So I'm excited about these podcasts. And uh, like I mentioned before, today is about simplifying the holidays. I titled it All I Want for Christmas is My Sanity because... (laughs) I've been there. So if you're liking the podcast, please leave a review from wherever you're listening and please share it with your friends. And if you'd go to my blog and subscribe there, you can also listen to the podcast from there and you won't miss an epi- any episodes that are being published. It'll keep you updated. So I'll be telling you about today's giveaway, which is really amazing at the end of this podcast. So be sure to listen all the way to the end. My guest today is Anna Willis. She is the unhurried homeschool mom of three. She's a wife, a blogger, and a mompreneur. I like that. I hope I said that right. (laughs) She loves to encourage, inspire, and empower moms to go from stressed to blessed by providing them with the tips, strategies, and resources they need to succeed. She's the founder of They Call Me Blessed and the creator of Five Days to Your Best Homeschool Years, Hebrew for Homeschoolers, Charlotte Mason Online Conference, The Homeschool Sisterhood, and Grow Your Blog Partying in 30 Days, and lastly, the uh, the Beyond Blessed Life Planner. Anna, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here today. I'm super excited to be here because I love you so much, and you <laughs> had such an Amazing influencing my homeschool, have been an amazing mentor to me. So thank you for having me, Durand. I'm excited about talking uh, to you about how can we keep our sanity during the holidays. Yes, I, I I think we're kind of at the beginning stages of the of the Christmas season. We're at the beginning of December, um, and you know sometimes it can be kind of hard to recognize what it is exactly that makes the holidays stressful. So we're going to start there because I think it's so important for us to identify the problem before we start to talk about ways to simplify. So. I think, and you can tell me what you think, Anna, I think um, there's about three things that make it stressful. Uh, The first is expectations. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, they can Uh, be internal, they can be external, you know. Oh, my God, yes. Let's talk about expectations. (laughs) We have such high expectations, not only for ourselves, but for other, you know, other people had high expectations of ourselves as well. So, um, Mm -hmm. It's, yes, I think expectation is a huge one. You totally nail on this one. Um, do you so, want, okay, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I just want to talk first about internal versus external expectations. So let's, I just want to make sure we're naming them because that's kind of the point of, of us talking about them first is, okay, we've got these expectations that other people put on us um, that, or even that we think that they're expecting from us. 
And sometimes I'm wondering if it isn't good to have that conversation and say, you know, what are you wanting? What are you, you know, especially I think when it comes to extended family, if you're going to be getting together with them or have any kind of holiday celebration, even if it's just exchanging gifts, you can talk about that with them. But um, you're going to be sharing some ideas, too. But I think just recognizing that we can unknowingly be allowing other people to put expectations on us. And then the flip side is we put expectations on ourselves. And I think that's that can be an even bigger struggle because it's so internal and we don't really recognize that it's going on and we've, we've piled all these things on ourselves and we don't even know it. So share with me, I know you have told me um, that your experience has been very different. And so just, you know, start to share some of the things, your thoughts on these expectations from other people and maybe how you've eliminated that or made that better or worked through that. Yeah. Um, Dorinda, when we were just praying for this podcast right before we start recording, you mentioned the unnecessary burdens. And Mm -hmm. um, I think those high expectations that we put on ourselves bring those unnecessary burdens. Um, And I'm going to share a little bit about how my Christmas got twisted around for Mm -hmm. better um, Mm -hmm. in the past 20 years of my life. So I was a full-time missionary living overseas and I met my husband there. We got married overseas and, uh, had our first babies and and start raising them there and uh, to be honest <laughs> where we lived that was not much of christmas and i'll, I'll tell you exactly where i lived i lived in jerusalem so mm. if you go to <laughs> israel where we all sing about all little town of bethlehem and all of those things about israel if, and if you're in israel during christmas time there is like not much of Christmas at all. It's um, all that you find is Christmas in Bethlehem, and it's a chaos that no one wants to be there. There's mm-hmm. nothing to do with our Christmas at all here in North America. Absolutely nothing to do. So my husband and I, one of the things that we decided as we were living there, and we kind of we like the simplicity of our Christmas season because it was all about Jesus. So we decided that we were going to have no other focus than the birth of Jesus during that Mm. time Mm -hmm. and being just grateful that God so loved us that he gave us his only begotten son. And and so during that time, we'll we'll focus on rereading messianic prophecies about the coming of the Messiah. Um, So I did not even know about Advent until I came back to North America. That wasn't a thing for me growing up, and I didn't know even it existed. But basically what we did was a time of Advent, a time of growing that expectation, that godly expectation in our hearts of celebrating the greatest gift of all to us mm. and because we were missionaries i mean there was like no money involved to buy anything right <laughs> it wasn't an option <laughs> no, and, uh, you know this might sound really really uh, um weird but we don't even have a christmas tree to this day at our house we decorate with lights and we have our nativity scene and basically that's all that we do for Christmas. Everything else is about Jesus, is reading mm-hmm. scriptures, is mm-hmm. listening to to Jesus focus, like nativity focus, gospel focus, hymns and and carols. And and that's that was something that we decided, you know, back there, because we really um we loved it. We loved it. We did not actually miss all that hyper commercialized Christmas stuff. We love the peace that we felt throughout the holidays mm-hmm. while we were living mm-hmm. away it was just such a peace that surpasses all understanding everything was about jesus there's nothing about us um and it, it was just you know fully focused on him and very very simple very very simple so we we brought that with us when we moved back to north america so essentially what you're saying is you had the, the the privilege of starting out with very little expectations. So we're we're talking to moms who um, have grown up with these expectations and then 
when we, and, and so I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, this would be fantastic. How do I go in reverse, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's reverse engineering for sure. Yes. <laughs> when we got, when we got here, I mean, like we both grew up with those expectations. So no, it's not, it's not that, you know, we never had them. We had okay. them. But when we came here, we realized that even though everybody else was going insane out there, busy, uh, stressed out, we didn't have to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was, for us, that was the secret, was to, you know, know that we don't have to do what everybody else does. Right, if right. It's going, if it's going to take our focus off Jesus, and if it's going to take the peace that surpasses all understanding from our hearts and right. minds. Exactly. And that actually leads into the second thing that makes the holidays stressful that we talked about before we started recording was comparisons, you know, just comparing ourselves to whoever, you know, it can just it can be things online, it can be in Instagram, social media, it can be um, Pinterest, it can be our neighbors, our relatives, you know, it's just this whole idea of comparisons is so, so harmful and damaging. And I think um, what you had the privilege of was being able to kind of like be away from that for a while because you were missionaries and because you didn't have um, that the money. Um, and, and this is what I, I, I love this because I feel like that speaks to the moms out there. And there are a lot of us who are on a budget or a very tight budget Honestly, you can have your most beautiful Christmases spending the least amount of money. Wouldn't you say that, Anna? Absolutely. You know, when you remove all of those extras, those unnecessary things, all that is left is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the only thing that we should be focusing on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. With all the high expectations and the comparisons, I mean, one thing that really bothered me when I got back to Rain, I'll be honest with you, was like neighborhood Christmas lights competitions. Right. Like one neighbor's house competing with the next neighbor's house. And everything for me just becomes like, this is not about Jesus at all. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I just had like this, this holy righteousness inside of me that was like, this is not Christmas, you people. You're totally losing the meaning of what really was supposed to be because there's so much stuff added Mm -hmm. to it right Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and it's because it's it's a one it can be kind of a one-upping thing I think sometimes that stuff can happen in good humor but I think it gets out of hand pretty quickly you know human nature (laughs) human nature is just like that and it and then all of a sudden the problem is just what you said when it becomes a focus it's not wrong to put up Christmas lights we're not telling people not at all that's not what we're we're saying you know enjoy it to me it's about engaging in whatever it is you're doing at the moment if you're sitting in your living room just looking at the christmas tree and listening to christmas music be there be there a hundred percent you know if you're baking cookies with those sweet little hands of your children helping you you know be in that moment because it's honestly it's those moments that stand out to me as a mom who's now you know 28 years down the road of parenting i'm looking back and i'm thinking the most precious times where the time we're just the the time spent with the kids just enjoying watching their faces watching them enjoy things simple things like the lights on the tree and putting up the ornaments and you know just little things that kids don't they don't need a lot to be completely happy and content and if we and if we just remember that and enjoy it along with them we t- we're teaching them, we're modeling to them what it looks like to enjoy this season, Absolutely. you know? Absolutely. It's all about the right motivation at the heart, mm-hmm. what exactly. the focus is. And it's all about the within, not not about what's outside or what, you know. Right, um, right. It's, it's not a competition of who has the most beautiful Christmas trees or, you know, who has more blow up uh, Santa Clauses outside in the yard, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like it's frozen and, and Snoopy and Santa Claus. And, 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 and my fear is that 
Exactly. My fear is like, where is Jesus in this all? You know, mm-hmm. it is that you look around and you think like, you know, Jesus is not being the center of it. And and what we want to show our children is that Jesus is enough. It, Jesus Amen, is enough sister. and he should have all the spotlights in the world. It should oh, be right there to that manger. It, that okay. is absolutely my heart's desire. It's to have all all the spotlights on that baby on a manger with no mm-hmm. distractions whatsoever, with no extra stuff, with no, you know, because sometimes um, it's, 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 just, it's just so easy to bury Jesus on mm-hmm. all of the things that point out to Jesus. Right. Why can't we just give them Jesus? Amen. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes oh, yeah. It, we come up with all excuses. We do this because it points to Jesus. We do that because it points to Jesus. We do, but then why don't you just point to Jesus straight? <laughs> Jesus does not need mediators. I'm telling you. He does and need are, those. Yeah, exactly. In North America, we are forgetting what Christmas is all about. Mm. It's funny that you mentioned distractions because that was the third thing that I wanted to talk about was distractions because these comparisons and these expectations, those all are distractions from the whole point of Christmas. And I find it interesting because we look at the story of Jesus. He did not come with fanfare or lots of... um, you know, attention. No, not at all. He came very, very quietly. He came under the radar. And it's just interesting to me what, if we can just look back on that and realize um, just he was meek. He was humble of heart. He was born into a humble, poor family. And when I was reading in Luke today, uh, I was, I was reading the Christmas story and it was interesting because when they had to be, they had to go and uh, do the this uh, cent, uh, what do you call it? The uh, where they count the names. <laughs> Why can't oh, I think of the, the name? Census. You know, the census. The census. I was like censors. I can't remember censorship. <laughs> no, that's not it. Um, yeah. So they they had to go to uh, it was Jerusalem, right? To do or was it Bethlehem? Bethlehem. It was Bethlehem. Bethlehem. To do Bethlehem, the yeah. to do the census. And the interesting thing was there's a little note in my Bible that basically said. Um, what had to do with uh, Joseph and Mary, I can't remember exactly what it was, but there's a little detail there that pointed to the fact that they were poor. And Mm -hmm. I just found that interesting. It really stood out to me today. It was like, okay, Jesus came of humble means. He came into a poor family. He came in under the radar. So what if we celebrated Christmas that exact same way in honor, to honor the way that he came into this world? Yes, I absolutely agree. I mean, if we simplify, we're going to mm. find so much more meaning mm. in the holidays. Exactly. Because exactly. think about Duranda, you might have the most grandiose decorations and all. And I'm not, like you said, you know, I love putting up lights and stuff. Um, we love decorating. My kids love writing scriptures and we hang scriptures. And even in our little RV, you know, we always do something. Yeah, but here's the thing. When we don't bury Jesus, right, under all of those things, mm-hmm. and we do it with the right motivation, and there's peace and joy, because that's, that's supposed to be the spirit of Christmas, right? right? right the spirit right. of joy, joy to the world, for our Savior is born, you know, and, and, and peace on earth to all mankind. And you think about it, if... If we have all those other things, but there's no peace and no joy, mm-hmm. and we are only stressing out and we can't wait for Christmas to be over so we can rest, then <laughs> something tells me that's not God's will for us. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. we should rethink the way that we're doing things. Right. And, and I want to share a few things, you know, it's that, um, that really, for me, it made a big difference. Um, for me, it was about sacrificing, sacrificing what I grew up with, because I could rightly say, I grew up with that. I'm not going to give it up. Mm-hmm. You know, our life with Jesus, our life with God is all mm-hmm. about giving up, giving Amen. up and sacrificing, laying down at the altar, those idols, because they do become idols, mm-hmm. you know, laying down those idols 
and 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 trade it back for God's peace and God's joy. Mm-hmm. And and that way, you know, we we don't carry unnecessary burdens. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. we give it to Him, and He says He says, you know, that anyone who is stressed out, who is heavy laden, right, mm-hmm. just come to Him, and He will give us rest and mm-hmm. sometimes we're just so freaked out about everything all those high expectations that were put on us or that we put on ourselves that we we feel like we have to fulfill and let me just give you a liberating truth in that you don't have to you mm-hmm. don't have to you can choose not to you know when right. we bring everything to him and we say lord I only care about what you think. Mm-hmm. I only mm-hmm. care about how my heart is in your presence. Mm-hmm. Then everything changes. That's right. That's right. And, you know, the, the thing is, I'm thinking about, you know, f- someone like myself who's already down the road and we already have a lot of established traditions. Is Sometimes it, I, I'm thinking about the mom who's listening and wants to make changes. And maybe this year you just change and you pull back on one or two things. And then next year you pull back on a couple of more. Maybe it's going to be a little bit of a process for you just to, uh, you know, because I think sometimes that's that's important to give time because God knows he knows he knows what we need. And and just to encourage you, if you if you if you're just feeling like you can't give it all up this year for whatever reason, one reason or another, um, pray over it and let go of some things. Go ahead and let go. Just start now. Start letting go of some of those things this year. And then and then make that commitment to let go of more next year as well. And and to just keep moving towards that um that that attitude and that celebration like that we're talking about here. I, I I'm I'm so encouraged by this because I love what you said, Anna, about laying down our, our lives at the altar, laying everything down at the altar, because our life is a light. It is not our own. You know, it says in scripture that we've been bought with a price and it's That's no right. longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. And so our, our, our Christian life is about yielding and not the yielding is, it can be a struggle, but God can give us what we need to do it. And when we yield, what we're doing is we're letting go. We're letting go of what really is a counterfeit version of the real thing. And I find that every time I let go of something that I just have found like I have such a hard time letting go of it, and then I finally let go of it and give it to the Lord, he gives me back something so much better. And I think we can trust him with that. Absolutely. And, you know, so I just I just love that that whole thought of tying this into our Christian walk. You know, it can be so easy to look at Christmas as like almost a separate category, <laughs> a separate box that we go to just for the season and get it over with and get out of there as fast as we can. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking about, you know, um, how you can have a Merry Christmas, like a Merry M-A-R-Y right. or a Martha Christmas. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that's a choice that you can make. You think about the story of, of Mary and Martha and, and how Jesus said that Mary chose the, the, the better option, thing, mm-hmm. the better thing, which was to sit at the feet of Jesus mm-hmm, and worship mm-hmm, him mm-hmm, and fellowship mm-hmm. with him. I absolutely love this season, Dorena. I love, love, love uh, Christmas carols and like I said in, in, in hymns they point to Jesus oh come Emmanuel it's my favorite I can listen to it over and over again mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, and I, I love, the, love go ahead oh I'm sorry I just love the fact that Christmas Christian music Christmas music is being played in public Everywhere. places <laughs> I know I just love to sit in the mall and listen and just think all right, all you people, you you have to be, you're listening to the gospel right now. You're, li- you know, just enjoying the fact that, that Christ is reigning in that, just even in that little way in the mall. <laughs> That's right. There's, and I, there's, you know, that. I, there's such a great opportunity to, to preach the gospel because the hearts are so soft and open mm-hmm. during this mm-hmm. season. And I tell people, if we only focus on that, 
and and giving Jesus to people as -hmm. the greatest gift Mm -hmm. of all, then Christmas Mm -hmm. will become exactly, I think, what God intended to be. Yeah, I agree. And I I think, too, that um, there are a lot of hurting people. And this time of year can actually magnify that. And so we have, um, I would say, almost a bigger opportunity this during this season to bring that kind of hope and the good news to people who are hurting, who are hurting extra right now, whether it's they've lost someone or um, they're just incredibly aware of their own loneliness. Uh, It can be so many things this time of year. So I think just to be sensitive as we're going about, as we're going to the store and as we're, you know, even the grocery store, the mall or wherever we're going, we're just more aware of that and we're able to bring that kind of hope um, to the people around us and just to be available to people and know, and let them know that, you know, they have a place at our table if they need it. You Absolutely. Know, I, and, you know, Lorena, how are we going to be available if we are so busy with all these unnecessary burdens and expectations mm-hmm, to minister mm-hmm. to those who really are lonely, to those who are hurting, to those who are in a hospital bed? Um, I want to share a few stories with you that um, happened to us when when we moved back to North America. Uh, we moved to Canada. We moved to a very, very, very cold place that I cannot <laughs> even tell you how cold it is. <laughs> it literally you open your door and you throw a glass of water and it comes it comes down as a block of ice. Oh my goodness! Um, and we were living in in this tiny little town in the middle of nowhere, very, very cold. And um, we, you know, we were overwhelmed with the heavy spirit of busyness mm. and stress around us during the holidays. And, and Ryan and I, we did what we only knew how, how to do, which was to go and serve people during the season. Mm. So mm. we paired up with a few local ministries to go and make sandwiches and, and make meals for Christmas Day. Um, we did, we actually did a little fundraising and we had people also bringing gifts so we could go to a, a local woman's shelters to give gifts to those uh, women who were so neglected, who have suffered domestic abuse and all kinds of abuse and, and just go and serve people. And so our children were brought up doing those kinds of things for Christmas. It was never about us. Jesus right. did not come to serve himself. You know, mm-hmm. he, he came to serve others. And we our, our thought was like, like, what would Jesus do? Right. What would Jesus want us to do at this season? Forget mm-hmm. about what my mother's expectation is, my mother-in-law's expectation, or my, you know, my friend's expectation is. What would Jesus want me to do? Mm-hmm. And, and seeing and knowing that this is such a great opportunity to minister to the hearts, Right. We will just look for any opportunity we could, even if it was just going around our neighborhood singing carols mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. letting people know how much Jesus loves them because, um, and, and how much God loves them because God sent his only son to die for them. That's right. And that's right. it has been liberating to celebrate the seasons this way versus the way that we used to do it before. Mm-hmm. We actually went mm-hmm. in the, on, the, on the mission field. And and let me tell you, too, that um, even though you're already buried in the midst of all of that expectation and there's that pressure coming from all sides, you can still choose to do differently. Yes, you, you can, can. still, yes, you can still choose to make it different. You right. can You can still create new traditions, even if those new traditions we will eliminate certain old traditions that you had in the family before that was breaking the bank and just right. bringing more stress to you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and it's okay. You have 100% permission to change that right. and not to right. continue to be on this doing the same things and feeling stressed out the same way that you mm-hmm. were feeling before. I believe yeah, it- 100% that God wants us to have a stress-free holiday. Mm. Well, and, you know, I think um, it's interesting because, you know, 
as wives and moms, you know, who want to honor God, I've, I've thought a lot about, you know, what do, what do I do with these expectations that, and these, you know, comparisons and these distractions. And, you know, the, the conclusion that I've come to over the years again and again and again is to just to be prayerful, to pray every day uh, throughout the season over the expectations or perceived expectations, the activities, the gifts, the meals, all of that, and just really bring it to the Lord first and ask Him, Lord, is this what you want? Because I think it can be a bit of a process. This reversal can be a little bit of a process. And um, I know for me, I don't want to disappoint my kids. You know, even my adult kids, there are certain things they really, really enjoy and look forward to. And they're not, these particular things aren't expensive. They're just activities that we do together, things mm-hmm. we do together. And um, and so just making, for me, I have to make them a priority and then I have to schedule them. And then I've got all these adult kids who have jobs. So trying to coordinate a time. But when I take the time to do that and carve out that time for them, they feel loved. And so for for me, that is something I would probably want to keep doing. You know, our kids like to do like graham cracker houses together. I thought they would grow out of that, but apparently they're, they don't. <laughs> I know. I can't wait. I just shot it. There is a camper one, and we want to buy the little camper one to do with our kids this year. Yeah. So I and it's an inexpensive. It's not an. It's not an expensive thing. I just gather, if, you know, some uh, some candy and some, you know, cheap graham crackers and powdered sugar and put. We, so it, it's not an expensive thing, but it's something they love doing. But it's managing for me now as a mom with adult kids. Again, it looks different. It's it's it can even come with its own stresses, you know, of just coordinating yes. with adult <laughs> kids. So I'm. I'm actually still in the middle of processing all of that and praying about it and saying, okay, Lord, what, what am I supposed to do with this? But I think that's key. And that's my point that, that I want to get back to is no matter what season you're in, it is just absolutely essential that we're praying um, intentionally and being intentional through these uh, this holiday season. And, you know, one other thing that I really love to do is to just really sit down with my husband and pray and talk with him about the way we want to spend the holidays. How do we want to do this? And to get his input, you know, I have, I'm just going to be honest. I've wanted to simplify more years ago, but my husband, he loves Christmas. It is like his time of year that he loves to shower gifts on the kids and, um, you know, do certain things at certain times. And so I have to honor his desires as well. And so there's there's so much that goes into um, how we approach these holidays. But I think if we prioritize by one, being prayerful, obviously, and listening and yielding and being willing to sacrifice, you know, that's the other thing. We can be praying about it, but we're, we could still be hanging on very tightly to oh, yes. <laughs> to what we don't want to let go of, but to really go to him and let it, let go of it and ask him to give back to us what he wants. And I like to do that and then go to my husband and talk to him. And it can be amazing how his heart will change in a certain area because I prayed about it ahead of time and asked God to lead us. Then when I get together with him, it's like God speaks through him and we are in agreement on how we want to handle um, the upcoming whatever obligations, if we want to eliminate them and we, we want to reduce the budget or whatever it is we want to do. Um, and we want to talk about what are our priorities as a family. Each year, that can look a little different. If you've just added a new baby to the family, then um, your priorities are going to be different that year. I remember one of my most precious Christmases was when I had a three-month-old baby and five other children. You would think that would be my most stressful Christmas ever. And, but I remember just being so in love with this baby and really kind of having that that feeling like, you know, you could really relate to Mary, you know, when she had a, you know, when you read the Christmas story and she she wraps the baby in swaddling clothes and you, you're holding this small baby and you're thinking about her and, and kind of really relating to her even more. So I guess um, what I'm trying to say is 
is remembering that every year it's okay if every year looks a little bit different and it's it it's it's important to talk with your husband about what your priorities are as a family you know clearly that's what you and your husband did anna you guys Absolutely. both decided early on this is what this is how we want to do it this is what we're going to do and you did it and you moved forward with it now did you have any negative repercussions from anyone when it came to that or have you ever had any pushback on that? No, no, we never had any pushback. I think in our family, we respect a lot of each other's decisions, like even like amongst my, my brothers and I, or, right. you know, it's each one does things the way that they think it's right for their families. And I don't mm-hmm. think anybody has the right to tell them what's right or wrong, because we know that we, we do exactly how you said, you know, we perfectly consider all things. We agree, right. we agree between us as, you know, husband and wife, whatever decision we, we make. And, and the other thing I wanted to share to you, if you are in a season of your life where you're already feeling overwhelmed, uh, communicate with your husband, communicate with others. Mm-hmm. I, I often, I joke, but it's, it's very real. I, I say to people, this is my paper plates in audiobook season of life, and I'm right. loving it. I'm <laughs> loving it. I'm loving it. My expectations are so low right now. <laughs> so and you have embraced. Your, oh, yeah. my goodness. Okay. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. And, and so communicate that. Communicate right. what you're feeling. Don't just go with the flow carrying out that, carrying out that heavy burden on your shoulders mm-hmm. without talking to your husband or talking to your children. If that's the case, have a little family meeting and say, guys, mom is feeling burned out. I am exhausted. I don't think I can keep up with the expectations. Uh, I don't think I can do the things that I've done the years prior to that. Mm-hmm. And I want you to give me permission to breathe right. and, and to give us as a family permission to simplify our mm-hmm. holiday mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and I'm pretty sure that when you pour out your heart to your family people are not going to force down your throat and say you have to do it no matter what I don't care how right. you're feeling you know right. that's not how it is um, well I I can I can hear you know some some children you know theoretical children <laughs> maybe saying something along the lines of, does that mean we're not going to blah, blah, blah? Does that mean we're not going to blah, blah, blah? And immediately the guilt, you know? And I think what what Anna is trying to communicate, what I'm trying to communicate, what we're trying to clearly say to you, and I want you moms to hear this, is you have permission to not do those things. And you You know what? I absolutely have, yes. That you, you know, maybe I, sometimes I just need someone to say it to me. So that's why I'm saying it. I'm saying you have permission, moms. You do. You have permission to not do it. Now, you may have a disappointed child or two or three or four. That's okay. You know what? I find that when my children are disappointed and need to deal with disappointment, that that's actually an opportunity for growth. Absolutely. You're helping to mold and shape their characters because the the world will disappoint them. Life will disappoint them. You know, exactly. and it's okay. And you and you sit down with that child, and you have actually when this happens, it's so good because you hear back from their little mouths after you explain to them. You know, that is the right decision to do for this season of our lives. We're not saying we're going to cut off everything forever. You know, mm-hmm. and and what we're saying is that at this point we cannot afford or you know, mom is really sick or mom is really exhausted right, right, and, right. or dad just lost the job, you know, or whatever the reasons are that you can and you should communicate with your children. You know, they're in the now house. My kids participate in the family budget. They know what mm-hmm. we can afford and what we cannot. And I think mm-hmm. that's really helpful because it our is. kids never, ever ask for anything. And they, mm-hmm. you know, my kids don't know that there's to do they're not supposed to actually I shouldn't say that they don't know that other kids make Christmas lists asking for all kinds of things my kids don't even know that (laughs) they don't know they don't love that I love that they don't watch tv they you know they they don't know they're not influenced by those things 
And, right. and we never taught them those things. So they don't even know that other kids feel entitled to receive things. Well, that's interesting because I think that could really speak to the mom who's just starting out, who has a lot of little ones. She could, you know, who just still has little ones that she could actually head that direction before they even realize that there ever was any other option. So if you're that mom, you might want to, you know, uh, take a heads up here and, and listen to this. Now, the rest of us who have kids who already <laughs> have been making lists for years. <laughs> that might be a conversation we need to have. But, you know, it's interesting because what I have found with kids is one of the best ways for me to communicate with my kids a change that's going on is to present the problem first. And to say, and it was very interesting because today I was reading in the scriptures, because um, I was reading Luke 1 and 2, and it was talking about when Jesus was being taught in the temple by the by the rabbis. And in the notes, the study notes, one thing it mentioned is that the rabbis, their way of teaching was to answer a question with a question. That's and how it I is thought, in the Jewish you know, culture, yes. That, <laughs> that is how you raise critical thinkers. That is how you raise kids who own what's happening. So if I go to my kids and I say, okay, here, I, I want to present an, a problem to you. Mom is exhausted. She doesn't have a lot of energy. She has these things she needs to do and she doesn't have a lot left. And now there's these expectations over here for Christmas. What Do you guys have any ideas how we could make this better, how we could simplify this, how we could make this easier and just see what they come up with? Absolutely. That is such a great idea. And my such kids, a great idea. Let them participate. Let them come up with exactly, the solutions. Exactly. And what you're doing then also is you're modeling to them, we're not perfect. Parents, sometimes we just, we are trying so hard to be an, a good example to them that we forget to be real with them. And I don't mean spilling all your dirt to them, but at age appropriate, bringing problems simply before them and saying, hey, we really could use your help in in solving this problem. Do you guys have any ideas? And, you know, you can just have that conversation. And all of a sudden, I know my kids, they were thrilled when I would ask their opinion about something. You know, they, they always had something to say. They still have lots to say. <laughs> Of course they do. <laughs> you know, adults, you know they, they're just very, you know, very communicative. Very <laughs> and, vocal. Very vocal, and that's, that's something that they grew up with. And so I guess what I'm saying is there's a way to do it that doesn't sound like we're being victimized. We don't want to send that message to our kids. We want to say, you know, we want to be responsible. We want to do what's right before God. And, and even another thing I've done is saying, you know, you don't have to even give me an answer right now. If you'll just think about these things and pray about these things, and we'll talk about them tomorrow, um, and, and you can tell me what you come up with for ideas. Give them some time to think about it. So, there's just so many different ways you can do it that actually brings your family together and um, makes them more cohesive. And so all of the, these challenges to simplify Christmas and to kind of take it down a few notches can actually be an opportunity to grow as a family, to bear witness to what our, our faith is really all about, you know, bringing more of an authentic faith to our kids by modeling, you know, also that we can't do it all. We don't want our kids to grow up thinking, oh, well, mom did it all, so now I have to do it all. You know, mm -hmm. they're going to take that mentality into their parenting. You know, as a mom who's, you know, 28 years down the road with kids who have kids, I can tell you they, they look to your modeling um, and they take that with them into their parenting. So how do you, how do you, if you just try to picture ahead as, as the parent of kids who have kids and picture them in the same scenario you're in right now, ask yourself, what would you, what, how would you want them to handle it with their children? Because we're passing down to our children what it looks like to parent, what it looks like to walk in a real authentic relationship with God, what it looks like to handle the stresses of the holidays. You know, we're, we're modeling that for them. So let's give them something worthwhile, something authentic, something that lines up with scripture and is in agreement with our faith and is yielded to God's plan. 
Amen, and again, <laughs> for, every, for every family, that's going to look a little different. And that's okay. So just remember that, again, it's this conversation you have with your husband and with your kids. One time I sat down with our kids and uh, because we had all these traditions we were we had so many traditions. The whole month was full of all these different things we had to do. You know, they none of them were big things, but they were all things that I had to try to schedule and then, you know, work, you know, whatever homeschooling we were doing around and blah, blah, blah. And someone got sick. Oh, my goodness, that ruined everything. And so, <laughs> so finally I sat down with them and I said, okay, guys, we, we're doing a lot of traditions um, and we can't keep doing all of these. So I want you each, because you know you're talking eight kids here, and I said, <laughs> can you just give me your top two? Because, you know, that's 16 right there, right? And so <laughs> fortunately, you a lot of them. just pray that they will choose the same lines. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, that's exactly what happened. A lot of them were the same thing. So we were able to sort of reduce it down to something that was really manageable and 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 made it a whole lot more fun. And then I didn't feel like I was failing anyone. You know, I, they had expressed to me what was important to them. I we were following through on it together as a team. And um, you know, and it wasn't like a ton of stuff. You can you I can tell you right now, just even as adults, it's it's been reduced down to just a couple of things, main activities that we like to do together, like three three through the whole you know Christmas season. But it, it took thought and intention to say, I just can't do this all. And I need to bring this down to um, what's important to my kids and and for us as a family and what lines up with their priorities. Now, there was one year that we were building a house and everything went out the window. Everything. I, I oh, usually bad. write a Christmas letter every year. That was the only year in 30, it's 30 years total that I've been doing this Christmas letter. Um, that was the only year I missed and I just had to let it go. It was not a good season for me to do that. And I just had to let it go. And cookie baking, we baked one type of cookie, the one that my husband likes the most and most of the kids liked. And that was it. <laughs> and it's okay if you don't even bake that year and just go to Costco and buy your cookies ready. You know, I, give yourself permission, you know, right. to just go and buy something. Exactly. And what I did was I just kind of listened to my heart and I thought, is, you know, is this, does that feel overwhelming? No, I, it didn't feel overwhelming. I can do that one thing. So I did that one thing and we were good. And you know what? It was a great Christmas. We had a wonderful Christmas. And I think, you know, as you're walking through the season too, I just want to take a minute and talk about just the practical day to day. I talked about sitting down and praying and being intentional um, about, but, but remember as you're, we can be so distracted by, you know, some of the different activities that we're doing that are sort of out of our normal routine that we forget that we still have to cook dinner. <laughs> so morning and think, what are we having for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? So you know that those things are going to happen that day because, every, you know, everybody has to eat, right? So we need to make sure that those simple, basic things are, um, are, are happening every day. And another thing I want to talk about is just making sure that your family is getting enough rest and they aren't being pushed past that point of sheer exhaustion. Um, everything just goes sideways then. So those are just some things that kind of on a daily basis, I think, are important to pay attention to. But um, being engaged in what you are doing at the moment. That is that is how you're going to really make the best memories is just slowing down. And I love, Anna, what you've had to say. Now, you have mentioned um, this zero stress. You've explained some of it over the holidays. Um, now, when your kids see other things, do they notice? Do they notice the stress around them? I'm just curious. Are they do they see it? I think they do. I think they that one they do not like the over commercialized things. Mm -hmm. um, it bothers them like seeing all of those things mm -hmm. uh, and and very little nativities out there. They always uh -huh. make comments about it. Um, Dang. Dang. That, you know, why there's so many Santas and and elves and in the what was that? There's there's so many things out there, decorations out there. So I said, Mom. What about Jesus? You know, mm. what what about mm. Mary and Joseph and Jesus? So mm. they notice those things. They notice people are busy. But again, like we keep them in 
the atmosphere of our own family, our own home. And, mm. and I think that the best thing that we do is our homeschool turns completely focused on Jesus' birth during this time of the year. So we mm. are actually in scriptures all day. We're reading, you know, the book of Luke, like you mentioned, is a great book to read because there's one chapter a day. There's 24 chapters. Right. So right. you can read it during December. We're reading um messianic prophecies together we're doing copy work and we're listening to audiobooks there are mm. uh, christmas stories we're listening to uh songs you know i mean mm-hmm, um handel's mm-hmm. messiah is absolutely stunning beautiful to listen to and to study there's so much theology on it it's just beautiful so we, we focus on that so our days are actually consumed and completely focused on Jesus during the season and it, it, the, we we feel the ha- the home our home our tiny little home with that peace and joy atmosphere so when mm-hmm. they go to the store they feel a bit overwhelmed they right. feel a little bit right. overwhelmed when they see things outside they they feel like you know it's my kids actually they often they comment like how sad it is that mm-hmm. people are not focusing on Jesus. They, they are turning well, their attention to other things. So um, you, you can't create that atmosphere on your own yeah. home. doesn't yes, matter you, what the expectations of the world is. It right. really doesn't matter. It you does can shut the you, door for the world and, and just inside exactly. your home. It could be Holy Spirit led. It could be filled mm-hmm. with God shalom. It could be completely focused on Jesus. Because at the end, you know, my question is always, was my mind and my heart on Jesus or was mm-hmm. it in something else? Right. Right. I and just love that. And did I point, did I point my children and others around me to Jesus or mm. did I point them to something else? Mm. Was my attitude and my behavior during the season pointed out to Jesus? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or was it a disgrace, you know, as, right. as a Christian? Um, so everything else goes back to that. Was Jesus glorified through it all? Was it, it, it about does. me or was it about him? And, right. and, and it, just know that the God that we serve is the God that by grace has given us salvation. He does not expect anything else from us besides our whole heart you know mm. that's that's the only thing mm. he wants he right. wants us wholeheartedly in his presence he wants mm. undivided attention he wants to have priority in our lives and not just yeah. have the rest not just have the, the leftover the you leftovers know? yeah and so you I know think it's, those are the things that we need to ponder during the season I agree. I agree. And I think we can front load this. So we're at the beginning of this holiday season, this Christmas season. We can front load this by asking this question that Anna just mentioned. What about Jesus? We ask ourselves that every morning and then come to God. You know, we come to him and we say, Lord, what about Jesus today? How can we glorify Jesus today? How can we remember him? How can we how can we honor him in this holiday season or the, and on this particular day? You know, and um, and really just being intentional that way. But I love that question because it's, uh, you know, it's a three-word question, easy to remember, something to just ask ourselves frequently. And I think it will help bring our eyes back to him. And, you know, he does want our undivided attention. And I, I want to point out that this isn't because he's a narcissist. <laughs> Not you know, at all. <laughs> it's because he knows when, because he knows we were created to worship. And so when we are worshiping him, we are in, we are absolutely in just the perfect spot, the spot we were made for. It's what we were made to do. And that's the place where we're going to have peace. And I mentioned that I've been reading in Luke. And this morning I read Luke 2.14, when the angels were singing to the shepherds, announcing the birth of Jesus, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And the meaning of the word peace there is not just the absence of hostility, but of total well-being. So peace comes... 
peace comes to the recipient of God's grace. Who is that? We. We are the recipients of God's grace. So peace is rightfully ours. And this is what we can so easily miss during during the holidays. So as the holidays unfold, every time you start to feel stressed, take a minute and remember, remember that Jesus came so that you could have peace. Let that stress be a trigger to remember that you are a recipient of God's grace and therefore a recipient of his peace. You can have total well-being. We can have peace in the midst of our circumstances because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Absolutely. So, that's, that's so well said, Dorinda. You know, and you just mentioned that verse in Luke and those two priorities are standing out right there. Glory to God and peace. Mm-hmm. Those two Amen. things come side by side. When everything that you do is giving glory to God, then His peace fills your heart. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. you are in His Word, sitting at His feet like Mary did, when when you're prioritizing it right and you're giving the Lord the best and mm-hmm. you're giving the Lord, you know, the first and not, not the leftovers, then His peace will be always the product, always mm-hmm, the product. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you've, I've probably seen that bumper sticker that says, uh, no Jesus, no peace, no Jesus, yes. no peace. And it's N-O yes. Jesus, N-O peace, K-N-O Jesus, K-N-O peace, K-N-O-W peace. So we, we, we aren't going to have peace without Jesus. And so this is the perfect time of year for us to be reminded of that over and over and over again. So thank you so much, Anna, for being here and for sharing these incredibly helpful ideas and just a mindset so that we can really focus on the meaning of the season. And I wanted to uh, also share the giveaway really quickly before we close in prayer. Anna is uh, has created a planner. Do you want to tell us just a teeny bit about the planner? Just give us in a kind of in a nutshell what this is what this is because you guys are going to love this thing. Yes, um, we a few years ago we sat down, my husband and I, and we prayed about what would a blessed life would look like for us. And we we call it our vision, our Beyond Blessed Life vision. And we wrote down uh, that our life will be beyond blessed if God was the absolute priority of our lives. Then our family will be our priority of our lives. And we will be able to be free, financially free, and and, and time-wise free to go whatever God sent us into what God has called us to do. And out of that vision, that conversation that we had, this Beyond Blessed Life Planner was created, which is a planner that is covered in scriptures from cover to cover. It's it's filled with scriptures from cover to cover. There's over 400 pages. Every um, every page has a scripture. They don't repeat. And the scriptures are according to the seasons, according to the time of the year. So now, if you are in December, you're reading about the coming of Messiah on your daily, um, your daily agenda, your planner. And mm. it's, it's so beautifully done. We focus on not only an organization, but we focus on prayer and gratitude. Um, scriptures that we are learning, for example, for every week's uh, scriptures, we also meditate, study, and rewrite that scriptures, memorize that scriptures. There is a whole system that goes with that that really brings our heart back to where it's supposed to be, where mm. God is the center, where we're serving him, where we're loving him, and where we're serving our family um, and others the way that he desire us to do. There is... Everything you can think of, like from uh, tracking your expenses to creating your visual board for the whole year. Uh, There's so many things. Sometimes I even like Mm. their self-care journal. There is a planner, a meal planner. I mean, this is absolutely phenomenal. It's printable, downloadable, and it's undated. So you get your planner once and you never have to buy another planner again. Awesome, awesome. We have sold almost 3,000 of these planners since we launched. Mm. And every single review comes back to us to, I always wanted a planner like this and I could never find it. Mm. So we were super excited to see 
how our life vision actually is empowering other people to leave their lives more focused in the work. Mm. Moms complain all the time. I don't have time for quiet time. I don't have time uh, to be in the word. And we know that, right? We hear that all the right. time in our, in our right. communities. And this planner puts you in the word every single day. Every mm. single day. It reminds you how blessed you are. All the scriptures are actually focus on the word bless, um, blessings. And it's it's so beautiful. It's really, That's really beautiful. Great. I love that. So we're going to be giving one of those away. So if you are interested in winning that, just leave a comment, but make sure you leave it at the blog under the podcast post, because that's the only place I'm going to uh, take the names from and throw them in a hat and we'll pick a winner. And then if you didn't win, we'll leave, um, we will leave information on ways to connect with Anna and a way to get uh, your hands on that planner if you want to. Um, we'll leave all that in the podcast notes. So um, I'm going to go ahead and close in prayer. Thank you, Anna, for being here with us. Thank you so much. I love this conversation. Oh, me too. Lord Jesus, we just come before you and we thank you for this time together. God, I pray that the words that were spoken today, the heart that was conveyed, Lord, would be your heart. Father, I pray for every mom listening that she would not feel any, any, any condemnation whatsoever, God, but just a motivation and an inspiration to come to you, Lord, to come to your feet and to ask you for wisdom as to how to walk out this holiday season um, in a way that glorifies and honors you, God. And I just, I pray for peace. I pray for freedom. I pray for the lifting of unnecessary burdens, Lord, and I pray your blessing over every mom, over every person who's listening to this podcast today, Lord. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.